to the Bare Naked ABCs, where three males get together and talk about a band called Bare Naked Ladies, and we do it alphabetically. And since we lost our female representation, and my name is Tracy, I guess I'll be the representative for the girls until we can get another female co-host. Oh, will you be that girl? Uh, I'll be that girl. <laughs> Good <for you>. Thank <laughs> you. But joining me tonight are two other gentlemen that even a unit could not resist the magic of their kiss. We have Jeff and Aaron. I don't know if I Hello, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> uh, I love that I'm here as a sort of Unix. <laughs> if you have not picked up from our wonderful puns tonight, we will be discussing I'll Be That Girl. So for those of you that have not heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. I'll be that girl. Which is off the album of what, Aaron? Well, unfortunately, Tracy, this one was ruined for me because when I started playing the song you sent me, VLC automatically loaded the album cover art up and showed me. Uh, yeah, so, it's on the yeah, it's on the YouTube, it's on the YouTube video. Womp, yeah. womp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to think that I would have called stunt. It's obviously a page tune, and uh, <laughs> maybe it has a little. Duran Duran flavor in it, so I'm guessing it could be a Page slash Duffy song? Question mark? Oh, nice. Okay. Yes! You got that. I was like, oh, he's gonna be surprised it's a Duffy Page too. No, you got it. No, nice! I mean, I can hear the I can hear the kind of the pop rock ness of it. It's very much a classic kind of pop rock tune, in its mm-hmm. structure at least. Uh, it's a very interesting song for several reasons, which I'm sure we'll get into, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they actually wrote this song in 1996 in Chelsea at the same time as they were writing Call and Answer. Oh, wow. That's one you of my favorite. You can, yeah, can kind of hear that, too. Yeah, yeah, it has that same feel of Call and Answer. Definitely. Um, now, in the book by Paul Myers... Um, Stephen Duffy said the first song that they wrote together called The Girl on Christopher Street was not good enough to make B&L's list for the second album because it was apparently not very good. Um, (laughs) I haven't heard this. Stephen, please do this on one of your live at home (laughs) concerts. I want to hear The Girl on Christopher Street so we can judge whether or not it was apparently very good. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but this is a Paige Duffy song um, off from Stunt, but not just off from Stunt. There is another version out there. Um, there is, of course, the live version from Seattle from the O Natural Tour, but that wasn't the big one. The big one is the demo version off Ladies Room 2, which was recorded in Steven's basement. And on this second demo, let's talk a little bit about the demo first and how it's a little bit different than the original. Um, So the demo shows up on Ladies Room Volume 2, and it runs longer than the album version by 20 seconds, just because there's more There'll Be No Tomorrows at the end. Well, it's also about 10 beats per minute slower, Tracy. I I was going to ask you about that. Yes, thank you. It does uh, feel slower. It's a half tone, uh, a half step lower. Lower. Yeah. I'll be that girl. 
you. Nice. Oh. I was wondering that. I was yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to be able to tell anyone if that's true <laughs> or is. not, but it sounds yeah, like it's it a little bit different and slower. So thank you for verifying I think that. The yes. combination of it being a half step lower and give or take, you know, uh, 10 BPM slower, it sounds just less energetic, especially since I listened to the album version first. So this mix is also a little muddier. It's not as bright as the album version as well. You don't have those highs in your ear as much. Uh, I prefer the album version, with the one exception being the different lyrics for the second verse. I like yes. this version better. <laughs> I but, could probably just leave because you're darker. literally saying everything I was going to say. So I can, I'm Great just going to head stuff. out now, call it a day. Great minds think <laughs> so do you know who we have to thank for those changes that you just mentioned, Darren? D Duffy? Question mark? <laughs> no. Friend of the podcast, Susan Rogers. Oh really? Wow. Oh, that's right. Because stunt. She yeah. was actually when they when they played this for her for this album that she's like, um, let's let's recast this song as more of a Man. surf rocker rhythm. She's got such great instincts. Definitely, because it it sounds. I like the sound oh, better yeah. off that that where he this picks is, it up just a little yeah, bit and the is, drums are a little different. I'm getting flashbacks of that thing you do where he starts playing the song faster on the yeah. drums, right? <laughs> But what exactly. about the lyric change, though? That has me curious. Yeah, then why? Curious. Why the lyric change? Is that was that explained? That we're making them because more. when I heard that first second verse, I thought I knew it was coming. Because this is one of those cases where this is a, this is a BNL song that I play over and over. Mm. It's one of my favorites. I'm already giving away my hand here, but it's <laughs> I, 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 I yeah I, I have no secrets here. I love this song, and uh, this is one of the ones that that hooked me on BNL. But so when I got to the demo second verse, because I hadn't heard that before you sent it yeah i did a double take because i was not yeah, you were like that. starting to sing it with you're like oh wait what you can see my reaction yeah i was like yeah. what is going on here and i love the lyrics of the second verse oh, on this one actually yes. <laughs> steven yeah. liked them as well but so this is what steven had to say about this song in paul meyer's book um he said that this song was deceptively difficult to write i thought i'd written it and thought i was finished but when we went to record it I realized this doesn't make any sense. So saying what you want in a three minute pop song is really difficult sometimes. I love yeah. the challenge and I love songs that have lyrics that surprise people, especially in a song so poppy and melodious hinting at things such as autoerotic asphyxiation and suicide are pretty unexpected in that type of music. Um, and so what I think he's saying there uh, in the first part is they recorded the demo. Then they get into the, the studio and he's like, Second lyrics is not, it's saying something, but it's not saying what I want it to say. It's not clear. It's not, per, you know, obvious. Let's put it right out there. And it does change. So the lyrics that are on the demo version, I will put in right here. I feel like I'm six feet underground. Turned on by the sound of silence It's a little bit different. I feel like I'm six feet underground, mm -hmm. but turned on by the sound of silent strings, the hope that never comes. I think, yeah, I think it's I'm turned on by the sound of silent screams for hope. I think it's screams. Yeah, screams. Yeah. I couldn't get mm -hmm. that word. Yeah, I love it. I think, you know, obviously, hashtag secret goth. No, not a real secret, I guess. <laughs> I, I was a high school goth. Um, so perhaps it's a little bit more macabre, but mm -hmm. I don't know. The album version sounds a little 
more like it's trying to be creep by Radiohead. <laughs> this is more. This seems more unique, and I like it. Well, there um, are creepy dark, dark. Yeah, there are creepy dark lyrics in the album version, definitely. Yeah. And, oh yeah, this is not um, this, the only right. And this this one just. I mean, listening to the demo just really hammers that point home. Yeah. So I can see why maybe the change was meant to make the darkness a little more subtle. I mean, you're not you're not going to miss it. I don't think. Yeah. But um, well, and I think when we get to the meaning of this song. I think what he's talking about in that second verse that he changes, changes the meaning of the song into what he was trying to kind of go for in a different direction. Is versus... there a definite meaning to this song, though, or is it still more obscure than we think it is? Stephen, please come on the show. We know you listen. Oh, I think it's pretty obscure. <laughs> I, I, think that, I think these lyrics brilliantly... <laughs> leave a lot to interpretation yeah oh definitely um, agreed definitely. Yeah. um so a couple other differences that are in the demo versus the original i've listened to the original a lot this we'll we'll get to why in the in the future but um i've listened to the song a lot and then i was able to break down the uh demo because i've heard the other one so much i could sit there and go yep that's different yep that's mm-hmm. like i could pick right. it up in the demo, there is more electric guitar. There's no banjo or acoustic guitar, and there's very minimal keys. Um, the acoustic and, and there's another difference. The acoustic guitar in the official version actually gets the electric guitar's lines and is brought more to the back as a support. And then the electric, which is Ed, is more given strumming of the chords mm. and lightly mm-hmm. and is slightly more up front, which brings it, it. The electric seems more up front, but it's very simplified, and right. the acoustics move to the back and becomes very much more difficult. Um, <clears throat> so that's the difference. Also, in the bridge, they speed it up a little bit more, so they remove a bar of music between yeah. each of the lines in the bridge. Um, I like they added that back in. It flows it a little bit better. It's time to kick up your shoes, learn how to choose sadness. It's time to shake up those chains, addle your brains with madness. We've got plenty of time to go old and die, but when last your beauty's faded, you'll be glad that I am yeah, I like the bridge better on the uh, the album version. I, yeah. I think that yeah. little that little pause between the lines, the verses there, uh, is is a lot better. Yeah, it doesn't feel like he's he's right. speeding through it. So, um, so those are the major differences um, in those two different versions. I like what they've done with it differently. But Aaron, will you do us a favor and give us a breakdown of the song? I'd be happy to, Tracy. Let's break it down. <laughs> break it down. All right, so I'll Be That Girl was recorded at approximately 142 beats per minute in the key of G sharp minor for the verses. For the verses. We will come back to this. Uh, Okay, so uh, let's see. The intro is the same as the A changes, which is your verse changes. So we have G sharp minor to B to F sharp to E, which gives us a one minor to... Uh, three to seven to six, which is kind of unusual. I like it a lot. Interesting little kind of uh, changes. 
Uh, then we go into the chorus, and here we have a key change to B major, which is the relative major of G-sharp minor. So it uses all the same chords, but the tonal gravity shifts to B major being the tonic instead of... I don't know what Jeff's doing. <laughs> he's showing that he has ultimate guitar <laughs> open. I'm using ultimate okay. guitar to learn. He's like, he's hitting all of and these correctly. You are hitting everything, wrong, yeah. Uh, Jeff, no, you're but, hitting uh, it. Yeah, that, I believe it changes to uh, B major. So yeah, it's got the same uh, chords, but the tonal gravity shifts with B being the center the the uh, tonic uh, as such it's a smooth change and it really just kind of results in the song sounding brighter and more optimistic in the chorus mm -hmm. which we'll, i'm sure come back to when we talk about lyrics um, <laughs> but then we have um so let's see now we go to the chorus is uh, b to e to f sharp b to e to f sharp b to e to f sharp um so We've got um, this kind of uh, tr very traditional four, five, one progression. Um, and then we combine, again, the, the shift to major and the jump up to B. It just kind of gives it this traveling feeling, like we're picking up steam when you switch to the, to the chorus. Uh, then we're going back to our A changes for verse two, course B changes again, and then our bridge or C section where we have E, F sharp, B. Now these should recognize these chords they're exactly the same as the chorus but again we're changing the order in which they're played um so it sounds uh, quite different and uh, also we're changing up our time signature a little bit here um now i the first two chords in the in the bridge e and then f sharp they take three counts, and then the rhythm accenting these changes uh, follows that kind of rhythm. Uh, but then we follow that with a full eight counts, or what I would think of as two bars of 4-4 four, four from the B chord, and then we repeat. This results, if you're following along with your abacus, uh, in 14 beats, which is divisible by neither three nor four. <laughs> and although you could divide it by seven, this song is most definitely not in 7-4. So, really, I would call this kind of a quick meter change to 3-4 for the first two bars, um, which might be what we call dropping a beat before the kids took that up and ran with it for dubstep or whatever the heck you kids listen to these days. Um, so we have 3-4, three, 3-4, four, three, four, and then we go back into two bars of 4-4. Four, four. Uh, so it's kind, of, it, it's kind of a little jarring, and then it kind of like snaps you out of what's been happening, which I think helps between that and changing... Uh, where we're starting and where we're kind of ending with the uh, with the changes, it makes it sound quite distinct from the chorus, even though we're oh, using yeah. the same the same chords. It's got that. It's, it feels like you're yeah. jump starting there, and then he slows it back down a little bit, and then he jump starts <laughs> it again, and then backs it up a little bit again. Yeah, and um, you know we're talking about throwing off chains and addling our brains with madness, so it's kind of thematic as well. It's kind of all over the place. Uh, then we come back to our A changes for verse three, which is half instrumental and then kind of half the the length of a regular verse for the vocals. Then our chorus, B changes, and then our outro. So it's essentially a classic pop rock song format of A, A, B, A, B, C, A, B. This is the bread and butter of pop songs, especially in the 20th century. But there's some interesting things going on with a key change and then the time signature kind of change up. And um, there's just enough here going on that it was really interesting for me to kind of analyze this because it was it was not quite kind of it was just a, your standard pop song. It was... 
interesting ornamentations going from the root of like a pop song. And uh, that combined with the decidedly dark lyrics uh, contrasted against what sounds kind of like an upbeat, mostly happy song <laughs> uh, made it very, very interesting. And I, I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it. This is one of those great things that I love it when BNL does it. It's great they don't do it on every single song, mm. but when it is non-diatonic and it is completely opposing what the the sound is opposing to what the the message of the song yeah, is, the it really mm -hmm. works so amazing. That's one of the things I really loved about Pink Floyd. My brother introduced me to The Wall when I was in high school, and I really got into them because you'd have these like beautiful melodies with terrifying lyrics or vice yeah. versa and uh, yeah radiohead does it too a lot of my favorite bands do but yeah bnl most certainly does especially for page songs in my opinion <laughs> in my experience at least and a lot on this album and maroon like that yeah this right. is that era where where mm -hmm. steven's like i'm gonna really play with that he was doing it a little bit more that more in the i mean he was doing it a little bit earlier um you get that one's old dirty hank and or straw hat um straw hat and old dirty hank but um and this war, is war on drugs perfect. and e2e i think would fit into that too but yeah but he loves to do it Ooh, on this I just album. gave away an album. You'll never remember that. That's that's a W. That'll I, be. I already. That'll be, said, from, that'll be years from now. Never mind. Unless you said the war on drums, <laughs> <laughs> which maybe you did. Don't even tell me. Don't, I won't even go back and. Uh, <laughs> we got years. The years you won't remember that. Drums. <laughs> just say no to drums. Yeah. <laughs> say no to drums. Um. We don't. We don't I, need no rhythm. <laughs> I clap on one and three. Thank you very much. <laughs> now I'm I'm looking through the stuff. G sharp minor. Yeah, we don't little, have any other songs so far in yeah. G sharp minor. It's a little unusual. Is that on the spreadsheet? I mean, theoretically, you could call this A flat minor. It's the same thing, right? But I'm calling it G sharp minor because the chorus and the uh, the bridge seem to be in B major. So because we're kind of going from B major, I figured I'd just take the relative minor, which, you know, again, you could call it either, but we're going to call it G sharp minor. <laughs> but they don't use A minor in any of their songs anyways, whether you go A flat a or G sharp, it's not, they don't do any songs on that core, on that key. So this is... It's an unusual one. Yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you a lot of people have keys that they like because A... It's usually good for someone's vocal range. They know where they say sit. They center it around there. It might be if it's written by the keyboard player. They have a special, you know, I love playing in like, you know, A minor because it's all white keys, you know. Uh, <laughs> I like playing A minor, E E minor. Uh, there are, you know, uh, B flat minor, E flat minor, C, C minor. There are there are keys that are just easier for some people to play. And it kind of varies from person to person. Right. Instrument. But... Yeah, you tend to have in, in any band that you look at. I, I remember once I was at a band rehearsal and my bass player looks over and he's like, "Wait, what's what key is this song in?" And I was like, "Oh, it's uh, like E flat minor." He's like, "Oh, again." <laughs> he was just busting my chops, but yeah, it was like probably he didn't like having to tune down a half step. But uh, you know, I got a low voice. What am I gonna do? Yeah, 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 you develop kind of a, a comfort zone. So I think you know it's not unusual when people, especially when you're just kind of noodling around and trying to invent something thing you kind of play in the, in the scales that you're comfortable with so it's only natural that a band sort of develops kind of this uh, comfort zone but yeah it was it was kind of interesting to to look at one of these songs that's very very 
different and uh, certainly not uh, one of their usual keys they go to. Yeah. So you say we haven't stumbled across one at all thus far? None yet so wow. far. How so, many songs have we done so far? I'm just curious. We have done a, over a to I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hold on one moment. I gotta un- unshift my co- keyboard here. Hold on. Uh, I, I, unshift we, my keyboard. keyboard. Um, <laughs> we have done at this point a hundred and twenty-eight songs. Oh wow! Yeah. And the so, first one to be in G sharp minor. Well, it is an unusual <clears throat> or A flat minor, but it's a, yeah, unusual key certainly compared to. Uh, to some other choices of. but it's beautiful like I, I really enjoy the way this song sounds oh yeah me too i mean well, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for minor keys in general yeah um and you know <laughs> there there is the contrast here this song has the best of both worlds you know because you've got an upbeat kind of chorus and uh mm-hmm. and very 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 kind of rock riff rocky kind of bridge that are both in a major so you get that experience but you also get the kind of uneasy um, uncertain tone of the minor in the verse sections to contrast to it. So yeah, it's got it's got something for everybody. This is, so you were mentioning earlier keys. I do want to highlight Kevin is this album in general. With this being really the first Kevin album, yeah. Um, really, Kevin is a highlight on this album. Like this oh, yeah. is a major Kevin album. Going to show off uh, this know. this song especially. He's doing accordion, banjo, and keys on this song. Everyone else is down to one instrument. He's got he's got um, everything else. <laughs> is that accordion? I could have sworn it that is. was melodica. Uh, he has it at least in the liner notes. It's down as accordion. Okay, I mean I believe it. They sound very similar. It's just the the accordion. Yeah. I guess you, a lot of accordions you can mute the drone or you don't need it or whatnot. But um, right. interesting to me. I just I just assumed melodica when I heard it because the way it's played. Um, it could be maybe on one of maybe on the demo it's melodica. I'm not sure, but uh, mm-hmm. either way. Um, interesting. Good to know. I love yeah. the accordion and I love the melodica. I have them both. I can play the melodica sort of. I can't play the accordion. <laughs> it's just sitting there <laughs> collecting dust. But someday. And this is a great song as well in that we get Steven not only being the lead, but he's also playing the acoustic. We don't yeah. get that on that a lot of songs. That doesn't happen a lot, right? Yeah. And I so it's that's because nice. he was noodling around with, uh, with Duffy. And he was like, came up with something. He's like, "Yeah, I want to play this." You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. I like this one. Yeah. yeah. Um, now Jim isn't doing anything really spectacular in the background, but he is definitely he's the backbone of this song. Oh yeah, he is. He's doing a great job of holding this song together. Um, and so I, th- I think we need to highlight him and recognize the work he's doing in the background. It's not like he's all over the place like with Brian Wilson, but. He is doing a, a spectacular job of just being that nice background. This would be a fun one to isolate that, like to be able to hear exactly mm. what he's doing, uh, isolate his uh, part. Because I agree with you, there's definitely a there's definitely a strong bass part going on here. It's just strong in the sense that it's subtle. It's it's holding the yeah. part to, it's holding the piece together. Um, but well, I would like you to hear can, by the way, do that. Thank yeah, you for right, that segue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they actually do a lot of channels on this one. Um, so on the left ear, we have the accordion and the electric guitar. Or actually, we have the electric guitar. Um, on the right ear, we have the acoustic and the bass. But the one of the interesting things they're doing on this song, the accordion switches up during the song. 
from mm. one ear to the other. It's not on both ears. So when I was listening to it with one ear, I was like, okay, it's there. Wait, now it's over here, but it's not the same time. It, it's not on both channels. It's on different channels depending on the spot in the song. <laughs> so it's really here. I was, I was sitting here watching it, flipping it back and forth between channels to hear the accordion piece throughout this whole song. Um, well, it's, it's interesting to me. I used to do that kind of stuff, too, because I, I was quite enamored with obviously being uh, going to school for audio engineering. I was very much keen to kind of flex my muscles and kind of play around with what I could do with that. So I think every audio engineering student at some point produces something which is kind of like the early Beatles stereo albums where they just go nuts and have everything in like completely <laughs> one side or the other. Be like, mm -hmm. wow, we can do it in stereo now. And it's like... <laughs> okay, they hadn't quite mastered the subtlety of the art of stereo placement yet. Um, so I certainly know I made more than a few of those. But yeah, I, I, you know, especially with digital, you get into things where you can track, like it goes from one ear and you can actually control how loud it is on one ear and how loud it is on the other and kind of go back and forth and make it go in wave patterns and stuff. It's really interesting. And, and I always, yeah, uh, same, Tracy. When I hear something like that, it, it sticks out to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I bet someone was having fun in the studio or someone got bored, bored listening to it, you know, 100 times because that's what you do when you're mixing a song. <laughs> So they started playing around with the stereo placement of the uh, the accordion. <clears throat> <laughs> so I have. But, I, oh, sorry. I, I just want to say, every time someone does something like that, in my mind, I know this is not what they did, but I love to picture an omni microphone in the studio and someone running around the studio, and they're literally in different places <laughs> when they're playing, and that's why it sounds all over the map. <laughs> Kevin is all over the, the studio, bell. literally. Explore the studio space with the cowbell. <laughs> Kevin is running around the studio playing the accordion. I would love that. That would be great. <laughs> if that's true, Kevin, please come on and tell us if that was true. I would love to hear if that was true. <laughs> um, so I do have one more music note. Do you guys have any other things that you would like to say on the music before we get to the meaning of the like song? I would like Jeff to speak because I've, I've been speaking a lot. So I want I want to hear Jeff. I have a lot to say about the lyrics. So <laughs> Fair enough. so you won't, me, you, won't, you won't give me to shut up on the lyrics. But <laughs> no, <music. laughs> um, let me. Let me give one more thing on the music then. Oh, sure. And then we'll go over to the thing that Jeff is, is biting at the, <laughs> at the bit for here. Um, I was listening to it for like the hundredth time this week. Not <laughs> kidding you. Um, and there is a strumming change I never picked up on before mm. during the chorus. So you, you have with the electric, this, this very, you know, he's hitting those chords. It's a very slow strumming. He gets to the chorus and there is it this gorgeous yep. driving strumming i'll put yep. a piece of it right here which i just love uh, yeah i wonder if that's looks well, to, to segue to the lyrics i wonder if that is, is programmatic at all because um, my interpretation of this, and I'll, I'll just kind of give it and then back away slowly and you guys talk about it for the next half hour. <laughs> my interpretation of this is it's like a guy or, or a girl, I guess could be, right? Who's uh, basically experiencing unrequited love or, or at least unbalanced love, right? Mm -hmm. We've all been those, well, not all of us, but, you know, I think a lot of us have been in relationships where... You don't, you know, in your heart, you don't quite love them as much as they love you, as much as you would want to give them that, or you sense from them that maybe they don't care about you quite as much as you care about them. 
that's not a good feeling for anyone. And no. uh, it's unfortunate, it's, but it is, a, it is a fact of life that people have to deal with. So yeah. my interpretation of this was he's kind of going back and forth in his head, you know, of like, you know, uh, these kind of, well, we have suicidal ideation. Uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> homicidal ideation. Homicidal ideation. <laughs> we have... Uh, implied uh autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> um so it kind of goes back and forth with kind of darker thoughts and more optimistic thoughts but the optimistic thoughts even those are kind of couched in this is what i would do if i were someone like you and i could get your attention so what i want to know from you tracy and then i'll, I'll just kick this i'll just set tee it up and you can kick it um <laughs> do you think the subject of this song is perceived to be by the narrator of the song, whether that's accurate or not. Okay. Would you say it's fair to think that the narrator is perceiving the subject that he is singing about to be narcissistic? So I would say I believe so. I think mm. that, the, that I, I, having listened to it, I can't even name the number of times, um, this song, I think what he's really trying to say that people have had a number of different interpretations of what this song is and it, it is and means and um, some of them are crazy, by the way, <laughs> some of them are crazy, <laughs> but at the same time, I could see where they might get that. Um, so people who talked about very much along the lines of what you were saying, Aaron, um, but then they asked, so like, well, was that because there, she's too beautiful? Um, is that because, and out of his league, is it because she's gay? And so she loves, you know, she loves this could, other woman. Yeah, I could see a chasing Amy kind of story coming out of this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, is it because he's in love with a man who's, in, who's <laughs> heterosexual? Who's straight, right. Um, and so he's like, I'll be that girl. Um, is it because she's too self-absorbed and narcissistic and loving herself? Literally going back to the story of narcissists um, and self-absorption and, and really loving to look at herself. And that's why he says, I'll, I would have to be just like you yeah, for you to love. The second verse kind of really sells that point. Well, and that's one of the things I wanted to bring up is like the original words didn't get at that. It didn't right. didn't bring that, home that, that was the part that changed, right? And that, he's like, I really want to drive this mm -hmm. home. I really want to make this obvious to people. Um, and so I want when I looked at like, okay, well, what is he trying to say with the song? That's where I honed in on because that was the right. change he made to make it obvious. And yeah, at that point, he's making it obvious. Like, yeah, this is a very narcissistic person who loves themselves, or or at least in the narrator's point of view, loves themselves so much that the only way that he can get them to love him is to be that girl. No, I'm in agreement with that. Um, this one's always been uh, a song that I've, I've, I've absolutely loved. It's one of my favorites. And um, I didn't talk a whole lot about the musical aspect of it, but um, I like songs that feel upbeat and bouncy and really aren't. And I think this is falls into that category. Um, uh, Aaron mentioned a bunch of them. I'm also a big Pink Floyd, The Wall fan, and there's songs like that. Comfortably numb. It feels fun at times, yeah. even though it's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's not a fun song, and and I like I like I like it when art makes you feel uncomfortable. I think that's what art should do at times. <laughs> oh, um, Pumped up kicks is another good version. Oh it's my a, god! It's I a, love that song, yeah, it's a very yeah. bouncy, upbeat song about a dark subject. Very. Um, I don't like Mondays, which, by the way, I mentioned a few weeks ago, and they had not heard that song. Aaron, 
Please tell me you've heard I don't like Mondays. <laughs> I don't think so. Really? I don't like Mondays. Uh, the Boondock Saints. Um, the Boondock the Bo- Saints? Is that was it? a movie. No, not the Boondock Saints. Uh, the Boomtown Rats. <laughs> Boomtown Rats. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, yeah. So the Boomtown that, Rats, Bob, Bob, like Norman Reedus. Bob Godoff. Bob Godoff. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's why, okay, that's why yeah, you brought it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and if you haven't heard that before, go back and listen to that episode. I have pasted that. I'm a, to my shame, mostly familiar with Geldof through his, uh, his artwork, his, you know, uh, his visual artwork, as well as his, um, portrayal on the wall, his, uh, his live aid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, yeah, he was also um, he, he was also in all played, of it. He was he, played, he shaved off his nipples. Yes, <laughs> he he plays pink in the wall. Yeah. Uh, but he he did a song as with the Boomtown Rats called "I Don't Like Mondays," and it was essentially I'll based. Have to listen to it. It was on, it was about a school shooter that um, oh, wow. in the early eighties, who uh, a young teenage girl who stayed home from school one day. She had a rifle from her dad, and she fired on I believe an elementary school. And when asked why she did it, her response was, "I don't like Mondays." And Geldof wow. wrote this insanely wow. bouncy song. I, I like, like I, I keep telling people, if you have not heard it, you need to go listen this to this song. Sounds right up my alley. Yes. I was gonna say, yes. that sounds like a song you would have written, Aaron. Right. Yes. Wow. And it's, I don't um, know how to take that. I've been lying. <laughs> that's a compliment. Okay. And, well, it's, it's like great minds kind of thing because that's actually yeah. one song that I want to learn to play, mm. um, guitar wise, but. It's it feels more fun than it is. Um, well, another yeah. again, uh, the police um, don't stand so close don't to stand me. So close to me. Yes, yeah. the original mm-hmm. version. Of that, I know they redid it to make it sound darker, but the original Great. version was so. Um, Boppy was Boppy. It was uh, yeah. Uh, don't stand so. Um, so this <laughs> to me falls in that category. It's got that beach feel, um, but it's a dark song. I always gravitated gravitated towards the idea that um, was one of the ones mentioned. That it's about um, someone who's in love with somebody else who's very narcissistic, who's very full mm-hmm. of himself. Um, and the line that always sold that for me, now that we know there was a demo where it changed, was perhaps as you, I'll be worth noticing. I'll be that girl. The only way for you to love me is if I were you. Um, mm-hmm. Which I always like that whole mirror image aspect of the song. Uh, the tricky part of the song for me is the dark imagery. Uh, the uh, you know um, it's not dark at all. What are you talking? All, all the things I would do to make my face turn blue. Um, I suppose I would start by removing all my clothes, tie my pantyhose around my neck. Um, so that brings us to the autoerotic fixation possibility. And also, so the, also is one of my favorite lines: "Autoerotic fixation," or does he <laughs> think that she is? Because he's talking about all these things that he would do if he were her. In order to basically, I think the writer of the song is wrong. I mean, I think he's just—I think he's—he's he's being <clears throat> facetious. But we also have a lot more of that in the in the uh, part that was cut out. Um, it, sorry, my computer is doing weird things to me right now. Um, not an autoerotic type stuff, but um, that's a different type of autoerotic. Yeah, please like, close those tabs, um, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, trying, we're trying to do a show here. Come on. <laughs> iCloud keeps wanting to open itself back up. I'm like, just shut down so I can see everyone. Um, <laughs> anyways i totally lost where i was on that now but um, you were talking about autoerotic asphyxiation asphyxiation, asphyxiation. I couldn't say it either. 
<laughs> well, you had to fill in for Stefan since right, he's not yes. here. Asphyxiation. <laughs> yes, you were talking Asphyx. about Asphyx. autoerotic asphyxiation. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I think that he's just trying to make a point there. But with that lyric that went that he took away, mm. it's you know where he's six feet underground, like dying like death and you know the of silence screams the hope that never comes like he is extremely dark in that right and which which line of the chorus did that follow though and if i had a gun there'd be no tomorrow mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i i made a note of that that at the most uplifting point in the song which is the chorus we end on that line if i had a gun there'd be no tomorrow so i mean to me that was nope. the first time that he sang that. I was like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> this is what we're doing." <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's very, very interesting. Very, very, uh, and, and like you said, Jeff, you know, there's, you know, on the face of it, that might seem very straightforward, but because we're not sure if he's talking about himself or herself or the narrator is or themselves as the object of their affection, you know, so in that right. case, that's not really them killing themselves. That's them saying they wish the other person would kill. Right. Themselves. So, right. Uh, yeah. It's, that it's, line uh, is tricky. That last very line ambiguous. is yeah. really sneaky, but catchy. <laughs> and very catchy. It is. it is catchy. Cause it's funny. Cause the lines up to that, you know, it are, are really interesting. Um, so let me pull up the chorus here. But great, um, I'll be that girl, and you would be right over. If I were a field, you'd be in clover. If I you were the sun, clover, you which... would be in shadow. So right. it's like he's referencing that I'm above you, or I'm covering you, or I'm greater than you. Like if I were the sun, oh, you would see. be. Like that's how I. That's how I heard that in some way. Like um, oh, see, I took that totally different. So when I hear him say, if I were the field, you would be in Clover. I would make your life comfortable. I would be your luck charm. I would be the, wow, I would okay. make your life special. Um, if I were the sun, you would be in shadow. Not that I'm overshadowing you, but I would make sure you're in shadow. You're comfortable. You're not out in the heat. You're oh, not, I'm not afraid wow, of anything on you. Okay. Is that how you took? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I, how I, I took that. I took those lines as darker too, though. Like, okay, well, you first, Jeff. What, how does you? Yeah, it? please. Well, no, in a sense, um... Um, how do I interpret that? I don't know, but um, I like when this when the line. I'll, I'll, if I, I'll be that girl, you'll be right over. It sounds like he's trying to be someone he's not. If I, I'll be that girl, you'll be right over. You'll come to me. If I were a field, you would be in clover. Um, uh, if I were the sun, you would be in shadow. Um, it's hard. I feel like the lines are darker than in some way, in the sense that. Um, he wants to be better than he is. Like we, we have a guy here that uh, is in some ways depressed or doesn't feel like he's good enough. Oh, yeah. Um, who feels like he's <laughs> the last inferior. Line gives it away I want to, yes, mm-hmm. I want to be better than I am. And if, if, I, if I'm not, then one of us has to go. My wife actually, who's not a huge BNL fan, heard me listening to this recently again too. And this is, like I said, this is a song I hardly had the research because I, I play this all the time, but <laughs> I was playing again and I was listening. I was like, how am, how am I going to offer up one of my crazy 30 minute long <laughs> interpretations of the song on this one? And I got to that one and I, I've always heard if I had a gun, there'd be no tomorrow as a suicide line. She yeah. sl- straight on said, no, I think it's about the other person. 
Yeah. Mm. And I was like, oh, so like basically what she said is here's a guy who does it, who wants to be with someone so bad. If I can't have you, then no one can no have one you. Can. Yeah. Well, and so that's where I get to the homicidal piece where I feel like he's not just suicidal. I think he's homicidal. Right. And he's saying, yeah. if I can't have you. No one will. Right. If I had a gun, there'd be no tomorrow for right. either of us. Right. <laughs> so it's homicide, suicide. It's basically yeah. we're, we're both going down. This isn't working. We're going down. Yeah. We're yeah. both going down. I'm not good enough for you. I can't be who you want to be. I'm not the person that you're going to want to come over and see. So we're, you know. Which, for people who've been suicidal, it, it, it totally makes sense with the bridge as well in that this man is talking very depressingly, very, very morbidly, but also talking positively about the future in, in this way that because the future can't happen but wishes the future could happen. Because in the bridge, we have this mixed not mixed metaphor but mixed emotional attach of of discussion it's time to kick off your shoes so we have hap- a ha- very right. happy bridge <laughs> it's time to kick off your shoes learn, learn how, how to choose sadness, choose sadness. sadness. throw all the chains and i have to say it's one of my madness. favorite lines that but there the dysfunction of it yeah but there's the dysfunction of it <laughs> we've talked a lot about steve's songs about acceptance <laughs> yeah. or settling and there again this feels like a Hang on, Tracy is busy dying. Okay, I'm sorry. Tracy? Are you okay? Is this autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> over here? Tracy, could you please remove the pantyhose around her neck? We're not, <laughs> we're not getting that much into the song. <laughs> it's a truly understandable. Go ahead, you were like, saying he really yeah. wants to get into the character. I think um, <laughs> that's a little extreme. Um, no, but there's there's definitely a settling moment there. Uh, we we got plenty of time to grow old and die, but what at least your beauty's faded. You'll be glad I've waited for you. So when your beauty's faded and you're not so good for me and you're not that person that everybody else wants, you'll be glad I stuck around. Like there's definitely a feel of uh, oh, very bitter. Just yeah. Just, oh yeah. It's I'd rather be in a dysfunctional relationship than no relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will accept you no matter who you are, how you are, but. Right, like, I, right, but at the same time, like, I, I will wait around forever for you. Right, but in a very uh, mixed up. You're thirty and young and hot <laughs> right now, and I'm not good enough for you. But in thirty years or forty years, you know, you're gonna be glad that I'm still here. Like, it's oh, that's yeah. a cynical bridge. Oh, that yeah. is a happy cynical oh. bridge. Oh, it is. <laughs> Especially the line, it's time to throw off those chains and addle our brains with, with madness. Like, yeah, it's time like, to enjoy this time of our lives. And but let's just talk about... We have plenty of time to grow old and die. Right. What a beautiful rhyme scheme that is, though. Man, oh. that, that bridge just kicks. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing, like, this song ha- is filled with lines that I misunderstood and misheard for a long time. We were talking about um, the unique line, aren't we? <laughs> we're going for the unique line i feel <laughs> yeah well we will come back to the unique line but okay. this line of addle our brains and madness for a long time i misheard and i always heard blow out our brains and madness because you just got done talking about kill about the gun and and killing and and so he says it so fast like i always heard like and blow out our brains and madness and i'm like oh very darn mm-hmm. but i still loved it um <laughs> but um I was going through a very dark phase at that time. Um, but yeah, that line I, I got wrong for a long time. And then the other one I got wrong for a long time was the eunuch line mm-hmm. that even a eunuch wouldn't, won't resist the magic of a kiss from such as me. 
I always thought it was, and then even you cannot resist. I did too. Yes, for a long a time I did. Yeah, I agree. Which goes, yeah. it still matches with that line from earlier. Although I do like the eunuch line better. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of Varys the Spider from Game of Thrones. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so those were the two lines I got wrong for a very long time until I actually read the cover. I'm like, really? No, for a long time I thought it was uh, even you would not resist for that line. Which makes, Which makes sense, sense. given yeah, what he right. just got done yeah, saying. Yeah. Um, but I do like the unicorn. I like the unicorn better, better actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long do you have a? How often do you have a line about eunuchs in a song? I can think of one. <laughs> this one. <laughs> this one. Yeah. This. Yeah. I cannot think of any other eunuch song in any other song I've ever. <laughs> but I wish um, more that- songs would have eunuchs in them. Now that we're. <laughs> It's interesting because after that bridge, we go back to the third verse, but the third verse is once again this positive future of him saying, when you're done being beautiful, then then you can come to me. And he, it's when very When your options poetic. have run out, though. Yeah. That's how I'm, when your options have run out, when you don't have all these other choices, you've got me. I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> But it's really it's interesting. So fortunately, I didn't shoot you, and yeah, fortunately, I didn't strangle you. We're still, See, we're still good. We're now seventy, what I, and you're. What I, <laughs> <laughs> what I like about this song is it shows the darker side of love. Slash, I mean, where's the line between love and obsession? Uh, this to me sounds a lot like um, a, you know, kind of a. Bitter Canadians take on losing my religion by REM, right? So yeah, yes. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's the other alt rock version of that. Yeah. <laughs> so Stephen did have other things to say about the song um, that were in the um, in the Paul Myers book, as well as on the launch CD ROM magazine. Um, he said, I wanted to write a song about desperation and how a man would do anything to get gratification that he thought he wanted, deserved, needed. If that meant hurting himself or inducing others to hurt themselves, that w- that's what he would do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a French movie in three minutes, he said. <laughs> he also admitted that he has never tried autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> himself. Um he just loves the fact that people will go to any extreme to make themselves feel. And, and then his statement is feel good, strongly. <laughs> um, we even did, for we a brief get, period of time. We need to get Steven back on here though, to explain that though. Cause I just, I don't <laughs> see how the autoerotic asphyxiation line flows with everything else in the song. Like I get I, what he's saying, I, but it's, I, I don't yeah. see how that gels with every other lyric in the song. Yeah, it's just the pantyhose and turn make your face your yourself turn blue. I still always, I still always interpret that as a hanging line now. Um, hanging yeah. yourself pantyhose because it yeah. it's and not to get dark or not to get depressing, but we knew this was going to happen with this song. But people have done that. You know, they've hung themselves with pantyhose, um, and that's I just always felt that was a vivid description of I'm going to hang myself or you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always took that as a suicide line. Um, that said, I didn't write the song. You know, he he did. If he's saying that, like I like like I said, when we talked about you know how an artist will throw out like mysterious. This is why I wrote the song. Um, mm-hmm. um, come on, so doesn't that, match up with what it we doesn't were match thinking. up with what we were thinking. But it, and I also don't see how that fits with the rest. So I would love to hear his reasoning for how that flows with the rest of it. Yeah, um, I do. I do enjoy the last comment that he made. 
and I, I want to share this quote. I think the worst thing would be hanging, <clears throat> or actually, um, even to feel brief for a brief period of time and risk death or humiliation. I think the worst thing would be hanging and still be alive. Can you imagine someone walking in uh, in your naked genitals in hand? Jeez. <laughs> I love you, Steve. Like, that's mm -hmm. a really yeah. odd statement. And I, <laughs> you went somewhere even darker than the song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we should go to Trouble with Tracy. What's the trouble with Tracy? He's got problems with this song. What's the trouble with Tracy? There's the trouble with Tracy. Oh, the trouble with Tracy. I'm curious. So, what is what is your trouble with the song, Tracy? Yeah, my trouble this week is I don't have any trouble with the song. Oh, oh. Um, all right. And maybe that's the trouble with me is that there. I love this song so much. Um, I, I really have love nothing you the same way. <laughs> <laughs> or does it just love? Itself, I don't think it Tracy. does. I think it's one sided. You yeah. be that song. <laughs> 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 nice. <laughs> so why don't we talk about our ratings i think this is going to be an interesting week here um jeff lead us off i didn't want to do unix but i didn't get anything else um <laughs> i didn't want to do unix I <laughs> they i mean that's an easy thing to not do <laughs> It would be a hard thing to do. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. We'll do Unix. <laughs> Collectively, as a group, we're, we're going to yeah. do Unix. So we're going to do this on a scale. <laughs> Just because I, I love that line so much. So I, yeah. I'm gonna How many Unix do you How want to do? How many Unix are you going to give this song? I'm uh, since, since Tracy and I have already kind of shown our hands on this one, I think we should start with Aaron. Oh really? Yes, okay. yes. Because we've kind of, we've, yeah, we've we've kind of given a little bit too much away about how would have, would have put me on the spot then. Sorry uh, about that. See, this is this is tough because you gave me the bus. I mean, like, like yeah, it's true. I, I just uh, hmm. We we talked about call and answer. I really like that song a lot. Um, there are things about this song that I like more, but I think overall. I just love, love, love the melody in that and, and the way yeah. that that song moves. And I don't know. Um, I got I can't quite rate it as high as Call and Answer. I rated Call and Answer a 4.5. But this is a really good song. There's no doubt about it. Um, so I'm going to go with a 4.25 Unix out of... <laughs> Five. What part is the Unix? Oh, quarter of a Unix. <laughs> I'm leaving behind. This is actually Unix, the operating system. So I'm leaving That's behind uh, the the GUI on that last. So a, a quarter, a quarter, <laughs> a quarter yeah. Unix. Yep. So that's what you left. <laughs> that that right. was a, that was a nice cover. That was that was good. <laughs> you covered that Unix well. Oh dear. All right, I will. Uh, so I'll I'll do mine. We'll we'll finish. We'll we'll wrap with Tracy. So um, as I said, I love this song. Um, it's a it's to me a highlight on Stunt. Stunt was the second BNL album I ever bought. I bought Maroon first, and uh, so Stunt was the second one. And this was a highlight. I didn't know at the time why I liked it. I just knew I did, and that's a good highlight for a song. And it sounds great. It sounds like a, a fun song. <laughs> um, 
Sorry, Tracy's making me laugh now. Um, <laughs> but it obviously isn't. It's a dark song, as we talked about. It's it. I like fun songs that are dark, and I like. I don't mind dark lyrics, and I don't mind lyrics that make me uncomfortable. I've never had an issue with that. I write those. I. Um, so um, lyrically, this is one. This is up there with with uh, with a song that we haven't covered yet off Maroon that I consider one of my favorite lyrics. Uh, being however did, and. Um, the musicianship, the sound of this one is so great. Um, I love that outro. Just the There'll Be No Tomorrow just kind of clings there. It hangs on. There'll be no tomorrow. There'll be no tomorrow. There'll be no tomorrow. Not always a fan of repeated lines, but God, I love that so much. And um, so I got to I gotta go And high. they change it up too, with the notes. Like, yes, they, don't they just do. And the just, I love that lingering There'll Be No Tomorrow. It's just kind of left there. Like, that's the line you're going to go with. You're going to stick with that line. <laughs> We've talked about you settling eventually. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm willing to wait until you can accept me for me. Because if you won't because if you won't, then this is this is what's gonna happen. Like this is the, there's it's a such a dark option. Oh, it's it crazy. Um, it's said so happily. <laughs> it's said so it's said so happily. I mean this this is the song of a total psychopath is singing this song. Steve, I'm sorry, but you sound like a psychopath and I absolutely love you for it. You <laughs> um and uh it's no, I just I have I can't say enough good stuff. And the call and answer comparison, you know, I can hear call and answer in my head and this song as well. Same of course, same album, and it's they've got that same feel. Whereas call and answer um, wow, almost kind of has some of the sentiments. I'll be I'll be the first to crucify you uh, if you don't do. You know, it's just a, a similar sentiment. Hard to compare them because they're both such stinking good songs. Um, and I wasn't here for call and answer, so I don't really have a comparison because I have not done my homework and gone back and ranked the other ones. I got to rank this one high though, and I've got to go. Um, is it? Am I going to put it up there with? some previous ones and some other ones we haven't talked about. No. So I'm going to go with a 4.7 Unix. I like my Unix a little longer, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that counterintuitive? <laughs> it is. It is. That line might be cut. We'll, we'll see. No, no, oh. oh. <laughs> that is the best cut of the whole show right there. I think you're confusing a, a mitzvah with something else. <laughs> oh, I'm, just oh used to, I'm used to so much being having okay. having to be cut out of Stefan's uh, episode. Uh, set. Uh, <laughs> I <would> be cut. <laughs> On this episode of the Bear I think ABC we're a relatively uncut uncut. episode tonight. I think we're yeah. just going to be long and. Long I think you and broke the right out long there. And hard. <laughs> long and hard. You broke the host. MA seventeen. Oh, we did the <laughs> we did the Jewish song last week. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Surely, you're not. Don't make a mountain out of a molehill. <laughs> don't make a mountain out of a moil. <laughs> a moil. Mm-hmm. See what I did there. <laughs> Oh. You made so, me lose my contacts. <laughs> Look, guys, I, really I think was... we should we should right, we circumvent <laughs> this entire conversation. <laughs> oh. 
Hold on, I gotta, I gotta gather my contacts oh, so I can yeah, actually okay. see my notes. I can't see without my glasses. <laughs> oh, like oh, right a Scooby Doo movie. Starting here. to sound like. Oh, I am totally. I, I'm totally Velma. Like I cannot see without anything on. <laughs> starting to shrink right. like a castrato up there. All right. So reminds me of that scene from A Bitten Fry and Laurie where they're talking about jazzercise. And so you see, it's a very clever meshing of the word jazz with the word circumcise. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. On that wonderful note, I'm going to cut over to mine. <laughs> Bit off more than we can chew there. Tracy, how many eunuchs would you like to give this song? Well, my eunuchs are going to be very um, <laughs> mostly intact. How are you going to finish that sentence? <laughs> mostly intact eunuchs. Tracy, how do you like your eunuchs? Um, <laughs> I definitely like the original version of this song much more than the demo. Yes, yes. Um, I, I couldn't listen to this song often. Because of the kids in the car, and mm. they will pick up on the the not so subtle good, messages. What did he mean by "if I had a gun"? It's a good point. Yeah, right. <laughs> What's a eunuch? <laughs> um, I I would listen to this song much more often if I weren't in the car with kids so much, and I know this song definitively. Um, and if it were offered, this would be a karaoke. Net karaoke song for me every single time um it is a weird place on the album but it's a really amazing song um would it be on my island playlist no but really 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 close um it's definitely on my not kid friendly playlist for when the kids are not in the car um and it's a song that i can listen to repeatedly and never gets old um i i was struggling it's not a five but it's so close. So I'm giving this a 4.8 Unix. <laughs> and once right. again, Stunt comes out swinging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no surprise there. And so this is one of the, um, the songs that Stephen has covered in the Live From Home concert. Matter of fact, it was his first concert that he did. Um, and it's also the first time, according to the concert, what he said, that he's ever played it since he left BNL. Um, so, you know, it, he loves this song, but at the same time, I think it, it has a certain affinity for him. Um, there is a video out there, guys, of I don't know what program they used, uh, but they used a computer program of some sort. And sort of Sim City like, um, and the video is kind of interesting because it does take that gay, like I'm in love with some, I'm gay and I'm in love with someone who is who is heterosexual, right? Um, and it takes that vibe and does Which, a whole video. I do like that, that theory for the song. I that was yeah. never the one I gravitated towards, but having heard it, I really do like that theory. Like it is a gay man who is in love with another man who's straight, and it makes sense for the lyrics. Yeah, I mean, it works, except for that one line where he's like, if I were more you, then, right, yeah, then you right, would notice yeah. me. But I, I do think that's a really cool interpretation. And so this video that I'll put up on our liner notes is really kind of a fun one to, well, not fun, uh, interesting one to watch. Um, <clears throat> so um, I also am going to put <clears throat> in our liner notes, uh, Stephen playing it at Borders by himself. 
Um, so when he said he hasn't played it again since since he left the band, that's not true. There is a video of him playing at Borders by himself. Um, but that's not the major one that I want to put out there this week. Those are just like little extras I want you to look at. For the appearance for me uh, this week, um, there is a recording from 1993 in Toronto of <clears throat> BNL doing a cover of Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. Oh, wow. Um, they have it. They do. They have it in there. This wasn't a regular cover of theirs, but it's really cool to listen to this. I was like, yeah. "Oh my goodness!" Like something I've never heard before. Um, is it the best cover in the world? No, but it's different and it's interesting. And I kind of wish they had made it more of a regular at their mm-hmm. their live shows. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> um. <clears throat> And, you know, I've been to a lot of their shows, and, you know, I I love going to their shows. I really do. It's a lot of fun. They're, they're a breakout band. They really put on an amazing live performance. If I could, I would see every single one of these shows live. I would, I would tour. I would follow them if I were able to. Um, but if, in order to do that, I have to have a million dollars. Nobody's gonna know next week's song. What a <laughs> what a tortured, wow. long, twisting, circuitous route we took to that one. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's even sadder is I have one all written for our guest that that we're supposed to have tonight, and he's not here. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I got to come up with something. Wow. That you was know, off the top of your dome. Yeah, that was off the top of my dome. Respect, props, big. <laughs> I didn't even think about that in the rotation. It's just so weird that we've done so many songs that, and some of them that are obscure that we're actually yeah. doing that song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, wow. we're hitting it next yeah. week. All right. That's a big one. <laughs> yeah. It is. Knocking a big one off the list. Um, so if if you have listened to the show, um, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put it out there later on. Um, yeah, I'm going to just put something else out there. But um all right, but so come back next week. And so, Aaron, what yes. we're going to discuss next week, and Jeff, what what you would do if you had a million dollars? Okay. All I right. Would invest in security. No, don't give it away now. <laughs> see, Sorry, save, your, save, your, save your answer. Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd build a time machine oh, and invest oh, the remaining oh. money in Bitcoin when it was like $5 a Bitcoin. That's right. Yeah, we're going to need you to save your answer for next week. Okay. okay that'd be great. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for joining us. That was fun. That yeah, was, was fun. Yeah. Have a good night, everyone. So, Stefan, we didn't have you on the podcast this week, um, and so I'm interested in hearing your opinions of I'll Be That Girl. You know I would be your girl at any time, and uh, thank you for asking, by the way. Uh, I'm very flattered, very flattered. I might take you up on it. Um, I have to (laughs) contemplate it a little bit longer. Give me a few weeks. Uh, I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life, and... um, I've got another okay. person that I might have to blow off. So, um, but thank you for asking, and uh, I will respond. Uh, 
okay, on the serious note, I'll be that girl by ma- Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> I am pleasantly surprised with the intro, how it introduces into the song, a nice, um, nice musical intro, and then it gets right into the meat of the song. And um, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. The great sounds. Steven has a great voice. And I really like, I like how he um, melodizes or melodizes or whatever the word is. Um, I can't say it. Like, uh, <laughs> there's another <laughs> word I can't even say. Uh, I, I'll remember it later. But it was great. Uh, the melody is fantastic. The sound is perfect with um with things and then there's that um i don't don't know if it's a horn or it's like a keyboard i don't know what accordion the accordion of all accordion it's like kind of uh are are you sure these guys are from canada and not from like the upper peninsula of michigan uh it's like (laughs) but i mean the accordion (laughs) is is characteristic but it it's perfect for this song. He melodizes with that perfectly. And I thought... The, it really does fit his voice really well. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was great. And uh, the music was great. How he was singing was fantastic. And then I started listening to the lyrics. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. It was like, I, I, I want to go and buy some pantyhose right now and just hang myself. I was so depressing in a way. Like, this guy's talking about not even living until tomorrow. Uh, It's like, but I understand that that point of view because uh, I'm going through a tough time and I start thinking about my own self-worth. And sometimes it's a fight. It's a fight to really look into the mirror and tell yourself that you love yourself. Sometimes it's a fight to see worth within yourself. And it's understandable that times there would be uh, moments where you're like, my gosh, is like, this is where I'm at in my life. And it's not like a plea for help. It's, it's an expression of just how you're feeling. And that's healthy to be able to express how you're feeling in a way that's not self-harming but saying i'm thinking of these thoughts i may or may not act upon them if i do then it does if i don't then i have to find a way to overcome some of this grief or this pain that i'm feeling and that's healthy as well so um uh but i i didn't expect this deep of lyrics within this song and uh it is surprised very happy song for such sad and depressing yeah uh, subject but that's kind of characteristic of bnl isn't it you know (laughs) Mm. well we don't want people going off and offing their themselves to our music (laughs) because you know that's a huge lawsuit um and (laughs) so what we'll do is we'll put kind of a somewhat up beat kind of hey let's this is a catchy tune and then bam we'll nail it with depression so um <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of it's the canadian way is it not eh so it's great it's, i love it 
it's uh, it's kind of French based, and isn't Canada Canada a part of that too? Hey? So um, <laughs> you can you can sense some of those roots, like uh, the double-edged sword of great music combined with with dark themes. Dark themes, you know, and it's it, it's good. I mean, he he touches on a number of different things. It's time to throw off those chains. Addle our brains with madness. And anybody who has suffered with depression, who have suffered with low self-esteem and questionable self-worth, they get this. And that's probably the majority of the population out there, whether they want to admit it or not. It's, that's so true. I mean, uh, you're, you're torn between these different, aspects of liking yourself and not liking yourself and you feel like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of person and that kind of makes things even worse in a in a sense um but it's just it's tough because you start thinking of what is my life really worth what is in there so on a flip side of this it helps you think about generating that sense of purpose, sense of um, value within the world, something that you can contribute. And um, that's how I take it. I try to look at it as a half-filled half glass rather than a half-empty glass. And um, I really appreciate it. Um, being able to listen to this song and with the hap- with the happy, optimistic, upbeat aspect of this, with the hard, realistic. That's wow! <laughs> great, great insights there, sir. That's all you have to say about my stuff. Is wow. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I mean that's how I view it. I mean I'm I'm going through things like that myself. And well I don't want to I don't want to repeat a lot of the other stuff that I said earlier oh. so. Oh that's true too. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's good stuff. That's uh that's uh, I'm sure you didn't say that to the other guys. <laughs> Thanks Tracy. But uh no. Um Yeah, that that's that's my take on it and um yeah, I really like the song. I really like the song. Um, gosh, it's like yeah, so far I'm really liking the eyes in this bare naked ABCs uh, because they're uh, they're poignant. They're um, uh, they're down to earth. They're uh, vulnerable, and um, God, by golly, they're relatable for me. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So, zero to five, what do you give this song? Holy gosh, what do I rate this song? It's got moments of, like, just great melody, great beats, and the the lyrics and the music and the singing goes hand in hand with whatever music that they created, and it's, it's fantastic. So, I would say, out of five... I would rank this a 4.6. 
I really liked it. I would put it on my playlist. Um, I would keep the guns far away from me and any pantyhose <laughs> for any, that matter, except for when I wear them on the weekends. And then, um, and it, yeah, so 4.6 for me. Well, you came up with the exact average that we did as a total group. Really? That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. I really like the song. I really do. Yeah. It makes me want to go out and buy Stunt right now. Really? Oh, well, I think it's worth it. And the more I listen to the songs from this album, the more I'm really liking it. And uh, for all those listeners out there uh, who are just joining in, Stunt, according to Tracy, is an awesome album to get. And from me, who's just getting into this whole stunt thing, because I am a hardcore Gordon fan. <laughs> yes, Gordon or Bust. Um, I'm, I'm starting to convert. Uh, so for those of you guys out there, contemplate you know downloading it or uh buying it in cd which is kind of the old school old person kind of way that's the way i do it because i've got a portable joggable um <laughs> cd player in my truck uh they kind of throw in my cds and jam too if that's your style go and buy the cd i'm not uh plugging anything for bnl but uh i'm just <laughs> saying i'm uh that's those are my thoughts on what i might do you're free to do whatever you want. So enjoy and please stay away from pantyhose and guns. <laughs> How did I turn this into a public service announcement? <laughs> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 